Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Welcome to the Midwife Pip Podcast Bite Size, the home of all things pregnancy, birth and motherhood. This week, I am sharing with you some golden moments and nuggets of information that will change your pregnancy, birth, or postpartum journey for the better. You'll find the full episode linked in the description. But for now, wherever you are, let's dive into some short but transformative chats. Today's clip is from episode 35 with expert Michelle Henning, chatting about ways we can improve the health of our babies during pregnancy. In this clip, we share practical, easy things you can do to reduce your child's risk of conditions like eczema, allergies, and asthma. Taking a detour away from my nutrition career when I had been working as a singer in Paris. And so I met him and I was like, I'm a singer, but I also work in nutrition. And he said, oh, what do you do? Prescribe carrots. (laughs) I was like, what? Well, I don't like you anymore. And it was like, <laughs> I was going to say, you went on to marry him. I know. It was like, and I remember watching his face. I threw him the filthiest look. And he was like, I have absolutely ruined this. <laughs> like, I have completely spoiled this moment. She's never going to speak to me again. And then he was trying to backtrack. And it was funny because he was so kind and nice. And we talked, and he was emailing me afterwards. And he had come from a completely different background. He's rigidly scientific, I would say, sometimes. And like he believed, you know, in packaging. Well, the packaging said that this is the finest. And they say that this is, you know, and he had 14 microwave meals a week because, you know, (laughs) they always said, well, it was Tesco's finest. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. 14 a week is impressive. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is, he was, like I said, the extreme opposite end of, eating to me and I and then I learned that he had really really severe eczema and asthma and also he has a very severe egg allergy and I could see his skin was terrible as you can't live like this you can't eat this for every meal like this is ridiculous you've got and he had no idea how to cook like nothing And I found this, so I lived in Paris and he was in London and I had to teach him to cook over WhatsApp. You know, I was like, okay, we're going back to the basics. You're going to learn a roast chicken and then you're going to save the leftovers for the week for your lunchbox, you know? And he was like sending me pictures and 
he was like this ride and he was so proud and he kind of he had to learn from scratch how to cook basic food and then so he slowly started to change and then obviously we, we were together and we wanted to have a baby and I thought I can't pass this on these conditions that we both have so we both took our backgrounds and put it together and started to research what were the specific things that we could do to target this you know I know how to lead a generally healthy life but there's got to be more you know and we delved into PubMed and we were just every day searching 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 and then applying it to my pregnancy um I remember when I mean unfortunately I didn't kind of look into it earlier because what he does also makes an impact this is not all on women you know this is this is absolutely a shared burden of that's such a good point I love that because often women do feel like all the pressures on them in, in pregnancy or that kind of preconception period so I love that you're like no let's do it together Okay, and funnily enough, actually, we've, we've mentioned this in the book, but a, a man's drinking has a greater impact on heart development in the child. So just so everybody knows, like, because I see there was a recommendation recently by the WHO that women of childbearing age shouldn't drink alcohol. And I was like, eh, excuse me, I think you'll find the research also <laughs> says that what men drink has an impact too. Yeah. So um, I think this is really unfair that it's all on women. But anyway, most of the focus of the book is pregnancy and there are other resources for what men can do. But for my husband, I remember he used to, he has like, um, he's half Asian and he has this really flat hair. So he always used to hairspray his hair up. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember going in, I was like, no hairspray out <laughs> he was like no like it's it's funny he ended up making a beeswax and coconut oil kind of hair putty ah. and it lasts years just if anyone like it does a little bit of work in the melting at the beginning but it lasts a really long time and he's still using it to this day which is quite funny oh that's brilliant it got, got you kind of inventive and looking outside the box and I suppose yeah and um, so we applied what we could and I always remember I went, we lived in Amsterdam for my child's birth. And in the Netherlands, home birth is quite a common practice. You know, it's very well kind of received. It's not a, a fear thing. And But I had come from Ireland and I was like, nope, like you guys are crazy. Don't even ask me <laughs> to think about it. I want to be in a hospital. And I mean, I started my pregnancy actually saying I want I want a C-section. I want this. I, I know I want medicine. I don't want you to even suggest an alternative. And I had this, I think I came with this huge fear of birth, which I'm sure you encounter with many uh, pregnant definitely, people. I had this, yeah, fear definitely. That, I had this uh, idea that birth was going to be horrendous and traumatic. And I'd heard all of the lies and how, what it was going to do to me. And I, that it was going to do, and I was like, no, like absolutely not and then finally as we were researching for my pregnancy the more information I got the more I realized actually a more natural approach is going to be better and then actually I do I wanted to be in charge of my birth and I think I told myself that by having an elective cesarean or these things that I would be in charge right mm -hmm. it's an illusion of kind of power and then the more I looked into it, I said, oh, no, actually, I'm in charge if I'm 
preparing at home, if I'm starting the labor at home, if I'm making the decisions, if I'm in charge of my environment, then, you know, and I had a, I had a really great midwife who I just adored. Um, in the Netherlands, your midwife practice is on the same road as your house nearly it's in these like neighborhoods oh, rather nice. than being like a clinical practice it feels like going into your aunties yeah you're lovely. meeting all these women and they've got like little armchairs and it feels really like a family kind of situation rather than a clinical and they take amazing care when they arrive on their bikes and it just feels I think cozy it sounds like call the midwife it sounds like that kind yes. of <laughs> I love it but it feels so cozy and it just doesn't feel like that your pregnancy is anything other than a normal experience. And um, I said to the, by the end, I was like, okay, well, we'll start at home. Okay. We'll just see how it goes. And then they were <laughs> like, sure, we'll support you. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, we'll see. And then as labor progressed, I, I had a quite severe pain I had what they call the storm where I had straight contractions rather than up and down so I didn't get that break and I remember crying and saying like where's this break you're supposed to get in the middle of like the contractions why isn't it stopping and um but you know finally they they got me singing and it was singing that calmed me and that everything changed from that moment because it was like I was then controlling my breathing I was calming myself I was relaxing my vagus nerve I was sending messages you know to the, my baby everything was changing by just singing I think it was like the same two lines over and over so it became nearly like a mantra so I was probably doing like hypnobirthing without realizing it you probably were like naturally just suppressing your adrenaline and helping your oxytocin and yeah. getting yourself in a really positive space. Yeah, it was extraordinary. And then, I mean, I was really lucky that my midwife filmed a small bit of it and she showed it to me afterwards. And she said, I want to know, do I have your permission? You know, I can share this with you. And I think it's really powerful. I'd love to show it to the other midwives. And it's like, yeah, sure. I mean, she had filmed me from a, you know, a distance above my my chest so everything <laughs> I ended up giving birth completely naked because I always you know you worry when you're pregnant you're like oh I'm gonna what if I poop and what if I turns out you don't care <laughs> so <laughs> like, What's <laughs> and I'm telling me like yes you know and I was like whatever just you deal with it I'm just like I'm focused you're doing you the important care. job in hand <laughs> you just don't care and it's those stories that you're told beforehand that oh, you're going to, maybe you're going to poop and you're going to be so embarrassed. And you don't, you don't feel any shame whatsoever. You don't care. It's just, it's just, you don't feel like it's a priority anymore. And I kept telling myself each kind of wave was a step closer to meeting my baby. And this was something that really helped me through. And also reminding myself the calmer I am, the faster this is going to go. Yeah, that's a really good point, isn't it? The more stressed you get, it's just going to make it more uncomfortable and slower and drawn out. So I kept like visualizing my hips like jelly and I was like just imagining like calm, calm, like help this child. Because you still obviously want it to be over quicker, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> no matter how well it's going, it's still something that you don't want to be doing for a very long time. 
Yeah, so <laughs> my daughter ended up coming out in our bedroom and we hadn't prepared fully. Luckily, the midwife was on our road. So someone ran down and got a birthing stool because we know we'd no plan. We were just like, we'll just roll with it, you know. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And then I got a birthing stool, and I always laugh that I didn't want the lights on because I felt like it was going to impact my, my feeling of stress. And um, they were like, what do we do? We need the lights. So my midwife had like one of those headlamps for... Yeah. <laughs> like mining <laughs> yeah she had a miner's headlamp on and then she was like I need more light and my husband flipped open his iPhone torch and just slid it underneath me so my <laughs> daughter came out by iPhone light like, love it most modern birth like mixed with old traditions brilliant landed on his pillow because we had to have something underneath and nobody was prepared. I, I pushed her out a little bit too fast for that last push. And uh, she just landed on a pillow and just looked around at everybody. It was just like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, just come like, and you are. <laughs> and that was it. You know, we were really fortunate that way that we, I think that uh, I'm really in awe of people like you and doulas and everything now that are trying to help women now understand birth can be so different if we just see it differently and if we can bin all of these myths about what's going to happen if this can just transform the whole process and give it back to women you know let them be in charge of the process and I think that's so important no matter how you birth you don't have to do it at home I mean this was but uh, it was just to feel like you're in charge and I think this is so important no matter where you give birth or how that you feel like you know what's happening and you're in charge of the process oh a hundred percent Michelle I can agree more I always say to women that your, your mind and body are just so powerfully connected aren't they and I always say your your body knows how to give birth we're not trying to teach your body how to do it it knows how to do it it's what it was built for but yeah. it's it's your mind that we need to convince that actually it can trust your body to do what it what it needs to do Someone, my doula told me that she said, you're not giving birth. Your baby is birthing itself and you're providing the space for it. The baby knows what it's doing. The baby's in charge. The baby's doing all the twisting and following the signals from your body. You're just providing the space as a guide and your job is to stay calm and, you know, and I thought that's what I kept reminding myself going, I'm just like facilitating her birthing, you know, rather than thinking that I have to do something. Cause then it takes away this idea that what if I don't know what to do, but you don't need to. I remember it was just extraordinary. I think she was facing the wrong way. I don't remember, you know, the technical, she was the wrong way round. So possibly, possibly from the way you described her contractions, it sounds like she was probably a little bit back, sort of back to back position, which yeah. can make it a bit more intense. And they had said, oh, this could be, um, this could 
be tricky because she's the wrong way. But you know what? I didn't know. And so I didn't think about it. And she just figured it out. And she did enough twists to get herself out. And because I say calm, she stayed calm. I hope you enjoyed this bite-sized clip. To, to do and it. why not go ahead and share it with others? If you want more, go back and listen to the full episode linked in the description. Before you go, please can you do one more thing? Make sure you've hit that subscribe button as it helps me and the podcast reach out to and support even more women with crucial, expert and reliable information through the podcast. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.